1: Find a location
0: near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the SNSW podcast, Mike Marcangelo, Bob Kelly, and Dave Clark recap the NFL through week six and take a look at some of the biggest surprises from the Patriots to the Cowboys to the Bears. With Andy Dalton replacing Dak Prescott in Dallas, we'll take a look at some of the best quarterbacks that have been called to action due to an injury. And we'll climb the NFL pyramid as we take a look at some of the teams we've already written off, the contenders and the pretenders and go through Bob Kelly's weekly power rankings. But first this episode is being brought to you by Boxo crafts. Boxo is an arts and crafts focused kid subscription box. Boxo is a parent run company that combines creativity and convenience in one monthly package delivered right to your door. Boxo's premier box box. Boxo holidays contains four separate art projects to get you and your family into the holiday spirit. Whether it's Halloween, Hanukkah, or Easter, they've got you covered with holiday fun. Boxo, we can't wait to see you create. Check out BoxoCrafts.com and exclusively to our listeners, enter promo code SNSW for 10% off your first order. That's boxo promo code SNSW. The SNSW podcast is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and route pages. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And now, this is the SMSW Podcast. But it's all relative.
2: Thanks, Craig, and welcome everyone to episode twelve of the SNSW podcast. I'm your host, Michael Marcanzo, joined alongside by the real BK Bob Kelly and DK Sizzle Dave Clark. Boys, how we doing? Great, man. Awesome, dude. Great. Uh, I love the lively intros. It's great. Uh, So on this on this
3: episode, I'm happy to be here, man. You know I love this. Come on, we spend we spend we spend a lot of time
2: together at this point. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) that's, true. On this episode of the, uh, the podcast, we're going to be talking about the best quarterbacks to take over due to injury, not named Tom Brady. We're also going to do our Week 7 Power Rankings in the NFL, obviously the Forrest Gump Award, but we are going to start first with our three picks of the week for games uh, of you know the last week of the NFL. I'll go first because I need to get this off my chest. The Patriots losing 18-12 to to the Broncos. It was embarrassing. The, the Broncos aren't a good team right? Um, I'm sorry to kind of hijack this. I promise I will give you give you guys the mic, but uh, COVID's not an excuse. One practice should be enough to beat the Broncos if you're the Patriots. So I'll kind of open this, uh, open this up to you guys. Are the Patriots a really good two and three team, or is this just is, is this just what they are from now on without Tom Brady? I can't
1: believe I'm going to be this guy that's sitting here sick enough for the Patriots, and I couldn't believe I was doing it in the Slack either. Uh, I just think it was a lot to ask of this team to come in and actually play a solid football game. If you ask me having a chance to win, am I, am I glitching right now? You guys hear me? All right. For having a chance to the last drive of the game, actually win that football game, when you played, when, first of all, you had one practice for the last two weeks, your quarterback had COVID-19 within the last two weeks You had multiple players on that team who haven't literally seen each other in two weeks, and you still have a chance to win that football game coming down to it. To me, you can't ask for more. Um, I know the expectations in New England are always high and always will be because of what they have been. But listen, this is a new era, and I just think you need to lower those expectations a little bit when it comes to the Patriots because – it's not always going to be like that anymore you know what i mean like sometimes when it comes down to it just being able to have a chance to win the game is all you can ask for and i think that that's something that you have to get used to going forward
2: i guess my question is but don't we always talk about especially in new england and uh, dk please feel free to chime in here you always hear from patriot fans like me like bill belichick is enough shouldn't he have been enough to beat the fucking broncos this week
3: yeah yeah I mean, I guess you'd always expect Bill Belichick to come in and win, especially against a team like the Denver Broncos are right now. But, you know, the team already – like, you know, the narrative is going to be the Brady-Newton thing, right? That's always going to be everybody's narrative. Like Cam Newton comes in, Tom Brady comes out. Everything's going to be on Cam's shoulders. And I said in the offseason on this show that he's the kind of guy that's going to be able to work with that. Like, he likes the spotlight. He likes attention. He's not going to be – Uh, It's not going to be new to him coming in and having everybody talk about him every week. He was already a a hot-button issue coming in. But what I think, because that became the narrative, what I think happened is everybody forgot that that Patriots team was full of holes already. And it doesn't really, I mean, it matters a little if you have Tom Brady versus Cam Newton, but not if you don't have anyone that can catch the ball. And like Bobby's saying, injuries, COVID stuff, like to hit any part of your receiving core that's already so depleted. And just has no recognizable figures in there. I think, yeah, I agree. I think Bill Belichick is enough for most problems. But you needed Bill and Tom together, I think, to solve a we have absolutely no receivers level problem. You you need like double greatness to be able to do something with that. And like I was watching the Panthers, Cam Newton's old team, and realizing that they have a bunch of really good receivers on that team. Like they actually, they have quietly a, a bunch of, of, of decent uh, guys that can catch the ball. And I'm like, Oh, Cam didn't even have that good of a season last season. Yeah. I guess he's got, he's got this chip on his shoulder, but like new offense, no weapons. This is kind of expected. No, like I know as a Patriots fan, you're kind of going like, no, we're always supposed to be good. We're always supposed to be competitive, but like what's Belichick working with here at this point, I know it's like on him. Cause he like put this team together for the past 20 years but I mean, just on paper, you had to have temperature expectations a little already coming in. Like Cam Newton's going to not going to solve every problem for you. He might even create some.
2: I mean, I I think just looking at the stat line, like Cam went 17 of 25 for just 157 yards, right? No touchdowns, two picks, two fumbles. He didn't lose any, uh, but he did run for 76 yards. He was their leading rusher again, and it wasn't even close. I guess, you know, for me, it's it's just looking at like you like you were mentioning like there's no one to throw to like Julian Edelman by the way like this is now we should talk about this he had an extra week off and he looked terrible
3: he didn't look great right.
2: he looks gassed i mean
3: he looked he looked bad last week or the week the week prior cuz he he dumped that that miss into that uh into the secondary's hands which was an inexplicable patriots mistake never mind a julian edelman mistake you know what i always notice about the new england patriots why they're always good is somebody you've never heard of always finishes the first tackle like defensively I think Mm -hmm. you can still see stuff like that you know what I mean you still see like them them getting to their one-on-ones correctly they're finishing tackles they're not really that boneheaded when it comes to penalties even though they're sorting new stuff out on the offense you can still see the Belichick factor it's still there but you know we still have to live within the laws of physics you know we still have to live within a world where you know if if a Julian Edelman type is coughing up the ball for like easy pick sixes. You're not going to be able to win the game. You know, it's like, that's, that stuff wasn't expected. What were you going to say, Bob?
1: Yeah, no. And that's, that's exactly, I just think the Patriots at this point aren't a great football team and, and for the expectation for them to be a good, well, they're good though. Wait, they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad, but to expect greatness out of them on a weekly basis to me is just, it's, it's asking a lot out of this team right now, because like you said, they have no wide receivers. It literally is just bill Belichick and cam Newton right now. That's all there is in the England
3: and Josh McDaniels, you know, and I, but I think poor Josh McDaniels has been left to basically like make something out of nothing for the past, at least two seasons. You know, I mean like the stuff he's trying to come up with on offense. It's it's, he's like, he's an ingenue. Like I get it. He's smart. Um, if even if he does look a little deer in the headlights sometimes, but, like, it's just, what are you, what's he supposed to do? <laughs> you know, Cam Newton's out there catching the ball because he's because he's, there's no receivers. It's ridiculous.
1: I just think the Broncos and Patriots are a lot closer when it comes to who they are in the NFL than people think
3: they are, in That's, my opinion. But then, then Patriots fans think they are because the Patriots fans that we know... Right, 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 right. exactly. We're like, we should absolutely not be losing to the...
1: And it's like, are you sure? That's that's exactly what we were trying to get across. It's like, are you sure, though?
3: Because like I wasn't like shocked. Me either. Me either. I really like, was. not and, pa- and it
2: seemed like the, the Patriots fan base was
3: floored
2: by it. You know what I mean? You weren't shocked going. I mean, not as a Patriots fan, but just as a football fan, seeing the Patriots going to halftime down 12 to 3
3: it made immediate sense to me personally. And Bobby said it first, but it made immediate sense to me because they've been in the news for nothing but COVID related illnesses and absences. And it can't be fun in that clubhouse right now. You know what I mean? Like that office, have you ever been in an office where something's melting down? Like it's difficult to focus on the task at hand. Obviously there's like stuff going on there. Like maybe it's regional. I don't know. Like maybe it's based on where people are living. Like it's they're, they're not set up to like contact trace this stuff. Like we, we talked about on the last show on the live show Um, link to that. will be in the show notes if you need it. But the, the idea of getting in a COVID season in the weird COVID season, seeing a Patriots team, just get destroyed by COVID. And then they come in and lose to the, they lose to the Broncos. Like maybe if it was still Brady, the Brady Belichick, like height era, I'd be like, I think they could still win, but it's like, damn, they had a tough week, man. Cut them some slack.
2: Yeah, I think I think it is just weird to see, like, at two and three, right? And, and this was a home loss. It wasn't like they traveled to Denver. It, this was it doesn't count high.
3: anymore, though, does it? Because there's no one there.
2: Well, I mean, Patriot, Patriot fans notoriously are not allowed, Gillette, until, like, January anyway. If there's going to be January football this year, Gillette. It's, but that's still a par, it's such a huge part of your home field advantage,
3: you know? Like, I just feel like there's it matters less, that's all.
1: Yeah, I, I think home field, that's not something that you can make it as a bigger wash just because it was in Foxborough.
2: Yeah, well, it sounds like I, I'm—I was the person most surprised by this. I will say that the Patriots are two and three, and they have a sub five hundred record for the first time since two thousand and two. And if you would like to learn a little bit more about that two thousand two New England Patriots team, please click the show notes to download the Championship hang, Hangover. I know that's a cheap plug. Uh, we will move on. That was smooth. We will move on to something that I'm going to have a lot more fun talking about. And that is the absolute demolition of uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, 38 to 10 at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals. And this game, Bobby, I'm going to let you kind of lead off with it. But for, 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 for me as a viewer, it got out of hand quickly. Wait,
3: wait, before Bobby goes, I just want to leap in to, to Bobby's defense here. Like this, I know this is a tough, this is a tough topic for him. I, to, uh, to me, as just, you know, someone who doesn't shit on him for being a Cowboys fan as much as the rest of you guys do. I mean, that just looked like a team who was traumatized. You know what I mean? Like that, their, their, their leader, their offensive leader got like a really bad injury, like a really horrific injury. And like, I, I do cut him a little slack for getting blown out the following game. Like that was a lot to take on. Anyway, go ahead, Bob. So I definitely, so
1: that definitely had something to do with it when it came to... Uh, how they responded to the adversity, the fact that Dak wasn't there. To me, the biggest thing about this game was you're going into it, your 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 star is out, your quarterback's gone. What do the rest? Of, what does the rest of the team do? What do our guys do? And what happens is you guys heard best first quarter we've had all year. Zero zero. Zeke fumbles two possessions in a row. As soon as that happens, this game is over you could see it on the entire team you could see it in their effort you could see it in everything that was happening is just as soon as soon as Zeke lost it the rest of the team lost it and and it, it was just mental mistake after mental mistake there was no way to recover from that downward slope from there um it this team at this point is is inexplicably maybe one of the worst five teams in the football and the NFL. The only team that I think the Cowboys can beat at this point are teams in the NFC East.
3: but they're not though. They're not though. like it, it's there's such an emotional team. Like there's such an emotional, I, I don't know if it's a group of players or, or maybe as a franchise as a whole, they're all, like, you think you can see their Like you just said, you looked over and it's, they were done. It's like, you can see it. It's like worn on all their faces, which is maybe a sign of mental weakness or a lack of leadership, or maybe it's just the identity of the ball club. You know, like the the, the Dallas Cowboys have more pressure on them to win than ninety seven percent of the of the rest of the NFL because of like how the culture is there, how their owner is, what's expected of them based on things they've achieved in the past, the size and 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 scope of their of their franchise, all this stuff. So when you go to play for the Cowboys, you're doing two things. You're trying to win in that pressure and you're trying to turn around a culture of losing and that like, you can still have talented players on your team and and they can get brought down by that kind of a thing happening. It happens in every sport to every kind of team. So when you say they're one of the worst five teams in the NFL, I know that you're trying to cope because you're a Cowboys fan, but they're just not, you know, like if you look at what, like if you look at the team on paper, if they were playing in Jacksonville, they would not be having the kind of team or the kind of season that they're having right now. Do you know what I mean? Like they just could fly under the radar a little bit more.
2: Some might say that they are the worst defensive team that we've seen in the last 20 years, at least. But what
3: happened, but what happened, what happened in the first quarter, they looked like they could put a defensive, a few defensive stops together against not like the best offense I've ever seen, yeah. but uh, granted, but like, but they're, but they're at least uh dynamic, you know, Kyler Murray does stuff that messes with defenses they can score and you know, it, they look like they could, they were starting to kind of put it together trying to rally like a few good clutch stops and then, you know, fumbles, you get, that's the worst thing mentally that can happen to a defense because they have to go back on the field. You know, like they have to go out there and be like, oh, we're like just out here. We did our job. Like you guys got to like hold on to the ball for a little bit longer. And when you're just starting to try to build some mentality and not be the worst defense in the NFL. And then that happens like that's just such a kick in the nards, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I definitely get what you're saying there, but (laughs) they have reached epic levels of failure in, in Dallas on that defense. So not only now everyone at home, I know just just give me a second event here about this defense. All right. They literally have the worst defense since 1950 at this point, (laughs) since night, they have given up the most points in the first six games since I believe it was the 1950. Like I think it was like Philadelphia Cardinals.
3: You know what I mean? Like something ridiculous. You guys should try sending out one of those old timey football teams with like the leather helmets, but that's Just, just try sending them out and play defense for you next week. It might work better.
1: At this point, it might work because the amount of people I've seen running downfield wide open like Christian Kirk was on that 80-yard play is just absurd at this point. I, I just think this team is in a lot of trouble, but the thing is we're still in the first place. So that's what blows my mind about the whole thing. One, one big takeaway is I think Kyler Murray is the fastest quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. He is uh, so fast. He's unbelievable.
2: It's crazy. A couple takeaways that I, that I had from this from this game. First thing is going to be a statement followed by a question to you two. This, for me, this game and what Ezekiel Elliott did reaffirms to me that running backs are all but meaningless in the NFL. It does not matter if you have a good one, because if if you are relying on your best player being a running back, you're never going to go anywhere. This would be the game when Zeke should have rushed the ball for, let's say, 22 times, 165 yards, two touchdowns. What did you get? You get 12 carries, 49 yards, and two fumbles lost. So I'm going to ask you guys, do you think the NFL overvalues the running back position?
3: I think that it's a position that's in flux in in the modern game. I think that when the rules started to change in order to benefit passing, because big passing plays uh, are more exciting to watch and they improve the brand, NFL fans weren't, Upset with those rule changes, especially not Patriots fans, because they were like, great, that all these make it easier for Tom Brady to throw touchdowns. Um it was it was good for the brand, it was good for the sport, but obviously the running back position is going to change once that happens. Gone are the days of the Ludanian Tomlinsons, the young Adrian Petersons, the Eddie Georges, uh, you know, making cool plays, don't get me wrong, but the way that things are set up now, there's no point in drilling your offensive line to be an elite off uh, run blocking line, you know, it's for the exact reason you said, you're not going to win a Super bowl because you have an elite quarterback anymore. You know, I'm sorry, elite running back anymore. You need an elite quarterback. So it's just the way things are now. So you need to be able to protect even like hope that your quarterback is elite and make sure your offensive line protects it. Does that mean that the running back position is overvalued? I don't know, because I feel like we've known for a few years that you shouldn't pay running backs that much money. I feel like we've known for a while, like that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, are, I think, the best team in football right now, are better even than the Kansas City Chiefs. We can talk about that later. Um, the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Steelers did the exact right thing. They, they were under an immense amount of pressure to pay Le'Veon Bell, and they just didn't because they're a well-run organization. And look what happened. Like, Connor comes in, he plays great, and Le'Veon Bell is bouncing from team to team, and we don't know if he's going to ever be as good as he used to be before he got paid. So what I think is going to start to happen is it's the, the position's going to change. The type of position, the type of player that plays in that position is going to become a different type of player. They're going to need to catch. They're going to need to be able to get laterally to the slot really quickly, Patriot style. They're going and they're hundred percent going to need to be able to block. And that looks like a different prototype of athlete. It looks, it's different than what they're training them to do right now in high school and college, but we'll catch up, you know, like the, the, the position is, is be, being behind the line of scrimmage is where you can make a play offensively. They just need to change the kind of ways that they do it and it can meet its its value again, you know, but who wants to be a running back? If you're, if you're a 16 year old kid right now, I don't, but you, you know, know he, what I mean? Like, you
1: know, he just described, right the one exception to that rule and that's Alvin Kamara. There is, there is Alvin Kamara or Kamara, however you want to pronounce it. And then everyone else, when it comes to valuable running backs in the NFL, Um, he's the only person in my opinion that actually is indispensable to their team. I think without Kamara, the saints are absolutely nothing. Um,
3: Well, also how, how drew has to throw the ball now too, is it affects that they have to operate in a much smaller box So having an athletic, a guy that can get out laterally that quickly, like they don't need to be as big anymore either. You know, like Eddie George was what, like six, five, you know, like he was enormous and he would run through guys, but he could also move side to side guys like that. They can be smaller. They can be Danny Woodhead size. You know, it doesn't matter. They just need to get to the spots.
1: Right. I mean, you even look like at someone who is my favorite running back in the NFL right now, Derrick Henry. He even got the franchise tag this last year. You know what I mean? Like, he single-handedly brought the Tennessee Titans to the AFC Championship game. And the NF- and the running back position is so undervalued at this point that they franchised him instead of extending him.
3: Because they know they can't win with him. Like, they can't win just, bec- just because of because him. Because of him, right. Because he gets touched too much. Yeah, like it, it, you, if you can't rely on a on a skill position that gets hit as much as as a running back does, and and as bumps as a running back does, like quarterback, every every rule in the NFL for a quarterback is designed to make sure they don't get hurt. Wide receiver, you don't get targeted on every single play, and you're not running full speed into somebody. You're coming back a lot of the time, so you can or or you're by the sidelines, so you can protect your body. Running back, man, I don't want to be a running back. Like you're just going through the gauntlet of pain every time, you know. And like yeah, if you're Derrick Henry, if you're an absolute phenom. You can do that, but for how long, you know, like, that's why every running back career is so short. How am I going to pay you X amount of million dollars when I can't rely on you being healthy just by the nature of your position, you know? So if, if we augment the position a little bit to, to to design it, to make them a little safer, like Montgomery for the bears, right? Dude's small, but I've never seen anybody his size break tackles. Like he does. Like it's, it's out of control. Our running blocking, our run blocking isn't even good because we have good running backs that can't like make any moves. Montgomery's so small, but he, he like breaks these tackles. He's going to be out of the NFL in three years because of the way that he runs. You know, I know people said the same thing about Adrian Peterson and he just, he turned out to be a freak, He's but Montgomery's career isn't going to be that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so, He's wild. Still
2: here. but, uh, and still pretty good. At one point in time this year, he was averaging uh, 93 yards per game. Last per thing game. I want to say, to bo- this is my question to Bobby. If I were to ever tell you, read this stat line. Nine completion out of twenty-four attempts for one hundred and eighty-eight yards. Would you would you think that that team put thirty-eight points up on the board? Like that is that's what Kyler Murray did uh, against the Cowboys. Nine of twenty-four for one hundred and eighty-eight. Two touchdowns, two one rushing touchdown, and not to be outdone, that defense that allows thirty-six point five points per game allowed nothing Oof. in the first quarter, and still allowed thirty-eight. <laughs> you- did you
1: did you just hear that? 36.5 points a game. That's, that's all. That's all, you know. So the Cowboys.
3: The, this, this What's their problem? What's their issue, though? Because I feel like on paper, personnel-wise, like I was saying, they have some decent players. Is Didn't, their coordinator awful?
1: Yeah. Mike Nolan, so he's, I, I mentioned on last week's show, he was my selection for first coach fired. He's the worst defensive coordinator I've ever seen in my life. The players just look confused the entire time they're on the
3: field.
2: Didn't you try to... Ins- didn't you try and sell DK and I on the Cowboys being twelve and four because of Stephon, because of Stefan Diggs' brother on defense? Trayvon like, wasn't, Diggs, yeah. yeah, wasn't Trayvon that no, no? You said Stefan Diggs' mention brother. Him. I did say that exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I made a Tom Brady's cousin joke right after yeah. that. It was
2: it was a good moment. So that was that and then the yeah. last pick of the week, DK, uh, goes to you and and your Chicago Bears beating the Carolina Panthers twenty three sixteen, moving to five and one on, on the season. Uh what were your takeaways from this game?
3: I'm uh, just happy to be here guys. You know, really just, really just happy to be here. Uh, I'd like to thank. Uh, no, I mean, listen, it's the softest five and one in the past, like 15 years of NFL football. <laughs> uh, Cause it's, I've just, I would not have expected them to be five and one like, despite my impassioned pleas for high uh, for a high record, I thought it was going to be an up and down season regardless, because we switched out quarterbacks, which is like the, death pill of an NFL team. Like when have you ever seen a team like switch out quarterbacks based on performance and had it, have it like actually work out, you know, not cause of injury or a hero coming in. It was like when the, that terrible narrative is in there, sc- like screwing up your team, who's the leader, who's the quarterback. Thankfully it's Nick Foles that comes in who like the guy just, he just knows how to win. Like he's just a winner. That's what he does. And like it, however he's going to get to that, he gets to that. And like, I can't believe how much his identity fits with this Chicago Bears team. Like I've been waiting for a quarterback like Nick Foles my entire life. Mm -hmm. I thought Jay Cutler was going to be that guy because he can't be clean cut. He can't be uh, he can't be completely perfect all the time a great Bears quarterback has to have like an edge, you know, like he, he needs to be like a Jim McMahon type and like, Oh, it turns out five years later, you can only see out of one eye or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I thought Jay Cutler was that. Cause he kind of came in with this swag and I was like, yeah, like it's going to totally work out. When I look at Trubisky. I'm like, I just don't know if you have the toughness to, to cut it here, kid. You know, I look at Nick Foles, Nick Foles doesn't give a fuck what I think. That's what I like about Nick Foles. Anytime he's talking about anything, he's like, just sit back and watch it happen. Okay. And then, the great contrasting narrative of Carson Wentz being awful, where it's like, oh my God, like this is actually coming true. Like Nick Foles, you should have stuck with him. <laughs> like yes. if someone wins you a Super Bowl, maybe you should give them a job. Like I that seems fair actually. But here we are. You know, I know he had a I know he had a bad season in Jacksonville, but it's working out so well. It, was, it turns out it was a good move, which is something the Bears haven't done in like quite some time.
2: But was it really a bad season? Didn't he get hurt? And did, didn't didn't uh, didn't the mustache? Yeah, didn't the mustache? Oh, was it his first game? Really?
3: Yeah. Was his first game really? Okay. Yeah. Minshew, well, that's Minshew came cool. in game
1: one and took over from there.
3: I didn't know it was the first game, Damn. Yeah. I just know he just disappeared for a year. Basically, was what what happened with my radar of Nick Foles. And when he so- came in, I was lukewarm on it because it, I felt, you know, like every dumb armchair football fan, I, I felt. Like Cam Newton was out there, you know what I mean? Like, go and get Cam Newton. Good God, It's, he's right there. Maybe Jameis Winston. Let's try him out. But then we went and got Nick Foles, and I was like, Nick Foles, the guy who like kind of accidentally won a Super Bowl. All right, and here he is, and I get it now. I'm I'm, I'm with the hype. Like I I, lo- I like how he carries himself. I like the decisions he makes. Two or three times a game, he has like an insane moment, which yep. is you know it, honestly it just keeps you on your toes because like two or three times a game, he'll throw the ball into a place where it's like. Nick, where'd you go, man?
2: (laughs) What happened, dude? (laughs) So, do you really think uh, you you, you mentioned it? uh, Like, do you really think that it's a soft five and one? Because I think,
3: yeah, it is. It's it's objectively a soft five and one. It's, it's, we beat the Lions, who are awful, who we all knew were going to be awful before the season started, except not all, not all. um, We beat, you know, our only real win is against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who actually look pretty legit. And we did beat them, but I think we kind of match up well against them, too. So, I also think the winner, the your guys
1: went against that, might be their catalyst for the rest of the season as well.
3: Maybe I mean I I think we all agreed that the Packers were going to run out of steam though, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't going to be like a, a matter of if, but it was going to be a matter of when. And you know, Rogers came in pissed off, but like, is he really that dog that comes in like I'm this mad? I like I feel like his personality came in. He played really well for six games, and now he's going to be like, see. You know, it's fine. I was I'm great. Why'd you draft a quarterback? And it's like, but he's not like a go win a Super Bowl because of that kind of guy, you know, because he's only won the one.
2: I would like to be grouped in with you there when, when you said that we all picked them to run out of steam, but some might say that I never thought they would collect any steam and that they would finish <laughs> six and ten. Uh obviously not. That could, not, still, yeah, happen. Yeah, that could yes, still happen. That could still happen. Could still happen. Um, but I mean I think I think you know, between three games, I, I was saying this pre-show. I, I just didn't think we were, we were going to get to a point where where we ran down three games in the, in the, in the course of a week in the NFL in 2020, where the bears would be the five and one team and the Cowboys are two and four and the Patriots are two and three. So, I mean, Dave, you, your, your team is the best out of the, out of the lot here. So
3: kudos to you. Thanks, man. I mean, even the year the bears went to the super bowl, this is like my, uh, my like irrational, um, inferiority complex talking, but even the year that we went to the Super Bowl, we weren't even really as good as the Patriots who like lost to to the uh, Colts that year. I don't know if you guys remember that AFC yeah, championship. They, they kind of just blew like a 20...
2: 20- point lead but it's no big deal that
3: was just Peyton Manning though Peyton Manning yeah. that year wasn't losing to anybody that Could have also just... been
2: the fact that they they turned the heat up in the RCA dome and pumped it in crowd noise but yeah I'm sure Peyton Manning just wasn't going to lose anybody that year you're oh, right wow Patri- Patriots
3: fans of conspiracy <laughs> a theories it's like coming a, in it's like peanut butter peanut butter and jelly
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> my god some of the things that we've also seen uh this year are are quarterbacks like big name quarterbacks Dak Prescott go down Thanks. And now someone else has to step in and, and take over. And it kind of got us thinking like, who are some of the best replacement quarterbacks, whether it, it was, you know, the first game of the season could have been uh, throughout the season or even in the preseason that had to take over. So I'm going to throw out a couple of names for you because this, this, this is a pretty big list. Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, Kaepernick, Steve Young, Doug Foodie, Kurt Warner, Matt Castle, Randall Cunningham. Out of this list, Obviously not Tom Brady. Who do you think is is, is the best story? And I'm gonna give you a caveat here. Nick Foles should be on this list twice. If you guys remember when Vic got hurt, he came in and threw seven touchdowns against some stupid team that that week and led their and led that team on to victory the next three weeks before Does- does
3: Aaron Rodgers not count? Because he, oh, no. that's not what happened. No, no Brett Favre, Favre. was – he retired and then unretired. Then went oh, he the retired. Uh, yeah. Because I was like, but he played again after that. But, okay, he retired. All right, fair enough. He doesn't count. Um, I mean, Tony Romo, as much as I shit on him, he was a revelation for the Cowboys when he, when he came in. Um, I think he played, like, really uniquely. It was a fun story. The whole thing with the holding the ball happened. Uh, you know, boy, and he's still boy, around. He's, he's still in our lives. Stuff <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious, <laughs>
2: Um but, <laughs> but that was the same year, that, Bobby. That was the same year. Same year.
3: It was, it was, tor- it was the Tony Romo
1: season every single week. Either, <laughs> either Tony Romo comes up, dropping that football. Des Bryant's catch comes up. It's-
3: well, you guys Fly, need to man. stop doing such hilarious <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's unbelievable. <sighs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like the, you know, when it's on when the spotlights always on the Cowboys, the cameras always on them. It's cultural. It's in the DNA of the team. Someone needs to come in and change the culture in for in order for you guys to win, you know? And and that's not an easy an easy task. It's very difficult thing to do in any sport.
2: If you remember that, that that was year that Bledsoe was the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, he, that he got benched, Romo comes in, he takes him to the playoffs against Seattle. I, Bobby, we all we all know what happens, so he's 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 on the list. But I it think was Bledsoe, Bledsoe wants yes.
3: to have like magic injury pixie dust for quarterbacks or something. Every time he gets subbed out for an injury,
1: it was very close to the same kind of hit too, which was yeah. funny. Yeah.
3: Did you think you were going to get the next Tom Brady because of like the context of it where you were like, Oh my God, it's happening to us now. And then it's just turned out to like Tony Romo. Don't,
1: don't get me started on if Tony Romo was in New England take. All right. <laughs> Listen, that's a whole different show for a
3: whole different day. All right. So um, Kurt Warner, I, obviously a feel good story. Also honorable mention. Oh, he is on the list. You said him. Okay, I never think,
1: mind. I think the winner's BD man. I think it's big Dick, big Dick Nick. I think he's the winner of this because it's either him or, to throw it back, Frank Reich. Um the greatest, the greatest comeback ever, taking over from Jim Kelly in the playoffs. I mean that's gotta count for something.
3: I think I think Nick Foles should win if if he's gonna win, it's because he it because he got he got ousted by his team right after he did it too. Yeah. You know? He couldn't Keep he on his shoulder.
1: He couldn't be the more personification of a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he had the chance to start, couldn't do it, got hurt, sucked. Went to Chicago, was the backup again. Is the starter now five and one? Took over for two injured seasons with Carson Wentz, and brought both teams to the playoff.
2: He was also ousted out of uh, out of Philadelphia twice. Like he took, he took over for Vic, then went to I think the Rams. Then he, his 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 career fell off, comes back, wins him a, a freaking Super Bowl, and then is is gone again. I guess you know I I do want to bring up Doug Flutie. I want to bring this up because I think this kind of goes unmentioned a lot. That 1998 Buffalo Bills team was terrible. Rob Johnson was awful. Flutie brings him to the playoffs, and then Bobby's favorite coach, Wade Phillips, benches him uh, and starts Rob Johnson in the playoff game, and they, they went on to lose. And you know, obviously, but uh, the Bills just are, just, are just terrible. Uh, but I, I think Flutie and Kaepernick, man, that Alex. I, I think when he came in for Alex yeah. Smith, I mean, he that had a great season that season. He brought, the, I mean, he brought them to the NFC title game. I don't know. It wasn't. It was a Super Bowl that year. Yeah, because they, they did very the well Yeah, they lost. Yeah, the they, Ravens, lost right? they, yeah. they lost. the Ravens. But yeah. well, the weird I mean, thing
3: with him, I think, was when because he came in and he was like older, right? Like, he was a little older when he started, like that that season, right? He wasn't like twenty one. He was like twenty seven by that point, right? Or am I completely making this up? I think you're making it up.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think really? he's
3: like twenty seven right now.
2: Yeah, he, he was 24. Really? He, he was part of the 2011 I thought draft. there was a whole thing with baseball with him where he like played baseball for a couple of years. Did I like you have know, a dream? You know what? Happened? No, I well, think you know, he might he, be he could he, have been, but, but he he wasn't he wasn't that much older than like Russell Wilson because they weren't they were in the same draft class. I think
1: it was uh, Russell. Russell Wilson was based. Russell Wilson yeah. got drafted.
2: All right, whatever. Texas Rangers. Yeah, I'm just making up stories for people, but
1: yeah, anyways. Um.
2: So you think, yeah. you think that Nick did Foles not take
1: over for injury that year. Did they bench Alex Smith though?
2: No, he, you know, he got concussed. Remember it was, it was in, Oh, you're right. You're I think right, it was right. in new Orleans. He got concussed. Um, I think, you know, you made it, you made a case for, for Nick Foles, but Kurt Warner, man, Trent green was the guy. And then I think also he tore- Kurt
3: Warner's story is always so dramatic and like, yeah. you know, he came from nothing and they did this to me though. I think the clear and obvious winner uh, is, is Steve Young coming in for Joe Montana because Joe Montana we've was had up like until four clear up, and obvious winners. No, no, this is this is it. This is, this is what it has to be. And I'm going to lay it out for you. Mike's going to go. You know what? You're right. This is the the clear and obvious winner. Steve Young is the only quarterback of anyone we've mentioned to come in for someone at the level of Joe Montana. Because the only other person that's at the level of Joe Montana is Tom Brady, and Matt Castle ain't making this list. So it that like it just doesn't apply. Steve Young came in. Replaced a guy as good as Joe Montana, who was the GOAT for like multiple decades until Brady. And then performed almost at that same level. Like he came in and he, he played a little bit of a different style, but he performed almost at that exact same level. Aaron Rodgers, had he even taken over for, Bra- uh, for Favre, an injury, same thing. But Brett Favre was never Joe Montana good. And Aaron Rodgers was never Steve Young good. So we're just talking tears here for like what he accomplished. You know, the, the shoes he had to fill. It's got to be Steve Young.
1: Okay, so I have a counter of that. But first of all, I would like to make a motion that Matt Castle makes no list that we ever do, ever on this show. In the history of the show, Matt Castle will not be included on one list.
2: Just for the, uh, the integrity of the show, I did put him on the list, but I, I can remove him. You're right. Okay. <laughs> all
1: right. Second, the only reason I disagree with Steve Young is because of the mentality and the expectation behind Steve Young when he came to San Francisco. You know what I mean? Because when he came there, it already kind of was like you're coming in to replace Montana. Granted, Montana got hurt, and that's why he came in. But that was the, the mindset behind getting him. But Montana Nick was Foles. still so good. Like he, so good. he
3: left, he went to the Chiefs and he got them to a 14. And right. But Nick
1: Foles was never him. supposed to see that, never supposed to see the field that year. They were the Eagles were Super Bowl favorites before Nick Foles even came
3: in. Yeah, exactly. So the expectations are lower. He comes in, he's never supposed to see the field. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like the person who had to meet the highest level of expectations and surpass them was Steve Young. Okay. Fair. Bobby, Bobby, he agrees with
1: me. Yeah, so so <laughs> Bobby, we're Bobby, how, how are you
2: gonna? Yeah, how are you gonna pitch this to me if if he just if he just overtook your take?
1: No, no, no. So I just think that it, when it comes down to it, if you're saying who is the best injury replacement quarterback, right? That's what that is. It's not someone who Okay, is well then, who's the
3: most to, talented? Who's the most talented person of anyone we've made. It's still Steve Young. Well, that's still it's Steve Young. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, but okay. that's not the question. The question is, then who's the
1: who's the most talented? Who is the best injury replacement quarterback ever? And if you to ask me, it's an injury, it's an injury replacement coming into a thirteen and two team, and taking that team who everyone was like, oh, they're done. Wentz is out. He was an MVP candidate. He was their best player. Yeah, so the and team all was sudden, already good. And then Nick Foles comes in and just it's like nothing even happened.
2: So I guess my question is, how is it not Kurt Warner if we're playing by your rules? He, there, were, there were no expectations. He won the I, he won the NFL MVP that year. He won the Super Bowl MVP. I that think
3: year. Kurt's better than Young. Whoa. Imagine how Joe Montana felt getting older and then turning around and the guy they got to replace him's name is Young. That's, like, that's, that's got to really piss you off. It's have like, have damn, dude. Like, huh. Oh. Right, lighting a fire into my house. Anyway, you have mine. You let me know. I think it's clearly Steve Young, most talented, most talented person to have to replace. Biggest expectations. They're a Super Bowl winning team. It's, you know, like you're throwing a Jerry Rice. The pressure's on. I'm just saying. Let me
2: win something. Yeah, (laughs) there's still time for you, but I I will say I I, I don't, you know, you guys know me pretty well. I don't usually like uh, just, you know, swing a vote to go my way, but I just think Kurt Warner. That's full, a lot. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, you're just gonna be like, oh, I,
1: I usually don't do this, but you know, you know
3: me, Mike Marcangelo. Mike, Mike, uh, I'm not that tall. All I'm gonna
2: say to you guys is, <laughs> I have the, both my kidneys. The the uh, the 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 Rams were not the greatest show on turf until Kurt Warner took over, and then he went to two Super Bowls in three years, and he was a back. He was an he was an arena football league quarterback.
3: As a close personal friend of Kurt Warner's, I can tell you that he would want us to pick Steve Young.
2: Can't argue with that. So we're going to go with Steve Young is is <laughs> best quarterback to ever to ever take over due to injury. He met him once. Yeah, well, and it was see. for like four seconds. How many times I did, did you I, met him for, for like se- I met him once for for like
3: four? I met him once and I worked with him for an entire day, but um, I made quite the impression. I think yeah. he would remember me if I asked him. He would be like yeah. Dave, whatever you said, man. That feel feels like, right.
2: <laughs> that feels right. All right, so so moving on. What we're going to do here is because I love a good debate and I love deciding the uh, the, the winners and the losers here. We're going to do ourselves a week seven power rankings. And how this is going to be is going to be the top 10 teams, the middle of the road teams, the no chance teams. And then there's going to be two teams that, you know, should probably go without mention, but we're going to mention them anyway. Bobby, give me your worst 10 teams in the NFL by ranking through week seven, starting now.
1: All right. So to me, there's one team that is by themselves in their own tier. And that is the New York Jets. This team yep. is the worst team in football, and there's no doubt about it. I, I don't even think you could put them in the going nowhere because they're going worse than nowhere. They're number thirty two, without a doubt.
2: Agreed. Okay.
1: Thirty one. To me, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I, I think what they have shown me so far this year is absolutely nothing except for blowing leads. I know they have finally kept the lead this past week. Um, I just think what I've seen from them, I can't put them higher than the teams I had ahead of them on no the list. No way.
3: I disagree so hard. They just blew out uh who did they blow
2: out? They <laughs> <just play? laughs> this, this is your take, dude.
3: No, I just was so shocked that he said the Minnesota, Falcons. Minnesota who's right. also
2: a garbage team. Yeah, okay, no, yeah they're, they're also they're not safe. good, but but you're
3: you're like whoa, I can't right, so, even, so, I can't even so, fathom so. this. Like they were they were, first of all that yes, I get that they the fourth quarter comebacks are bad, but they fired their coach. Like that was obviously the issue. They still have Matt Ryan who's still a top fifth top 12 quarterback and how are they how are they worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars how
1: cuz i don't there's think no the Jaguars I, I think there's a lot of teams in this league that are worse than the Jaguars i think there's, there's a few, one think. A, maybe not a lot there's a few teams in this league that are worse than the Jaguars
3: how are they worse than the Washington okay, football I team okay i will i will be Washington be, football team are not blowing anybody out anytime soon Okay. They're not, they're not going to blow out the Minnesota Vikings or anybody. So Dave, who's,
2: who's, who's your pick for number 31? Yeah. Who's your 31? Jacksonville. Jacksonville and Washington are
3: my next two, because they're so bad. They're so, so bad. So
1: I will, I'll give Washington as 31 because after seeing them lose to the Giants, they were my next team. Um, After seeing them go down to the Giants this past week or very coming up very soon.
3: Um, yeah. The Giants are not far away. Coming up list. very soon.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I'll give the giant. I'll give the the Washington professional football team thirty one.
3: Wait, spoiler I, alert though. Where did you put Jacksonville? I have Are them, they like eleventh because like we no, should talk about that for the rest of the. Podcast.
1: They're twenty six. They're twenty six
3: to me. <laughs> okay, fine. So there's
1: only so I have the fal. So I'll put the Falcons one up. Can we give the Falcons thirty? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can we give sure. the Falcons thirty? Well, like,
2: but for talent, no. But for what they're doing, yes.
1: Okay. So then, to me is the rest of the NFC East. I go Giants, Eagles, Cowboys. And and my rationale here is I was looking at the teams ahead of them, and there was not one team on in my head that I thought the Cowboys could stop from scoring 30 points.
3: I think the only teams that you just mentioned that uh... – that the that the Cincinnati Bengals are worse than or better are better than or the the New York Giants I think the Cincinnati Bengals are worse than Philadelphia and I think they're worse than Dallas
1: but listen you know what I'm completely irrational on this so like I was doing this lesson I was like 100 percent, this is a completely irrational decision but I put the NFC East all from 27 to 31 because I was like I hate right. this
2: division and you know what you're not getting it.
3: a lot of, you're not getting a lot of wins with the NFC East this year so I'll give that one to you I won't argue on it
2: <laughs> I just want to point out that that your 12 and 4 pick seven weeks ago is now your 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 Twenty sixth overall pick. It is is the division leading team.
3: Yeah, they'll probably still make the playoffs. But remember, I said remember I said a few weeks ago that the draw between the Eagles and the Bengals were like two blind kids trying to fight. You you forgot about the Cincinnati Bengals? Like you think the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the top twenty five best teams in the NFL? So they're they're next. Is that okay. the <laughs> They're next.
1: Okay. Yeah. You so, th- so they're twenty-six to me. I think they have more upside than every team in the NFC. So that's why I gave them that. And again, I, I think you put so the Eagles and Bengals already tied this season. So you can't say they're worse than the Eagles because they already tied. And yeah. I, I, and that just was looked,
3: everybody's fault. That was both their fault.
1: <laughs> right? They were both horrible. So, like, what are we really talking about? Let's move on. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, then we have the Broncos, twenty-three.
3: Texans twenty two, Chargers twenty-one.
1: Disagree <laughs> with any of those? I just think, if they're
3: all they're all terrible and like they could all just move around and like, I don't think the Chargers are
2: terrible.
1: I do so that's why they're twenty-one to me, because I think that they're them and the Texans. I think they're both good football teams, but their records are awful. They're both one and five. So they're obviously going nowhere this year, but like I watch them every Sunday. You know what I mean? Like they're yep. a fun team, they have Herbert, they have and Texans have Watson. So Mike, this it's, is so give me your middle-of-the-road teams. So middle-of-the-road teams, Mike, this is for you. Number 20, the Detroit Lions.
2: All right. Higher yeah, than I, the Cowboys.
1: Higher than the Cowboys, absolutely. Um, they, I it wouldn't, if the Lions ended up at 7-9, 8-8 eight eight at this point, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if DeAndre Swift can be the DeAndre Swift we saw this past week partnered with Adrian Peterson, I think they can absolutely pull out 7-8 wins.
2: I just want to point because out here that the Detroit Lions had the exact same record as New England Patriots, but go ahead, DK. I, I think now this is
3: just power rankings based on this week, like where they're at. I'm not predicting anything once injuries become right. a different sure. story, but right. I think that the next on the list has got to be the the 49ers.
1: That is the next on the list. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So 49ers are next only because I think they'd be a lot higher, uh, but seeing their They've had the the a tough injuries, year, though. Yeah, they've had a really tough year. And in fact, they're three and three to me is is very I think that's saying a lot I think Kyle Shanahan is doing a great job there then uh we have the Panthers 18 a lot of upside with the Panthers I like the Panthers a lot I think that if they snuck in the playoffs that wouldn't surprise me at all
3: you think that the Cleveland Browns are better than every team that you've mentioned so far yes I do that's that's wild to me because I feel like uh, I feel like the Browns are much lower on my list. Like you're giving them a lot of credit. Did you see them against Pittsburgh yesterday? That was that was the end of their season. But we're not going to be talking about
1: Pittsburgh for a very long time. That's the yeah, thing. That's true. That's the thing. I get
3: that but but I mean damn, those that Browns team is. They're 4-2. I soft know soft 4-2 though. It's such a soft 4-2 and, and like the the, the Baker Mayfield era might have ended yesterday, you know, or the other day. So it's like I don't know.
1: Do you like how I picked him up moments before? You should have stuck with Andy Dalton. I, know, I was like, I man. thought you were
3: going with Andy Dalton. Oh, I, I questioned you know why? it the I last been smarter? It was so bad. For those at home, <laughs> me and Bobby played against each other in fantasy football. He had Dak Prescott in his heart and in his <sighs> fantasy football team. And he went down. And he picked up Andy Dalton, which I thought was a smart move because I have Cooper on my team. So he could have canceled out one of my players. Anyway, I blew him out like a million to a nothing. My
1: team scored like 64 points or something. Like it, was right. bad. it was bad. Yeah, it was anyway, bad.
3: moving on. Anyway, so next um, – I have
1: places two and three in the NFC East, 17 Dolphins, 16 Patriots.
3: That's harsh on the Patriots. Yeah, and it? then I have Browns
1: 15.
2: Listen, I you just think, think, you think... You think the Patriots are worse than the Browns?
1: I do. I think if the Patriots and the Browns play each other this week, the Browns beat the Patriots.
2: I can't accept that. You're so... I, I mean, you're out of your mind, dude.
3: Why am I out of my mind? You, what also, about- think that the, you also think that the Patriots are worse than the Colts?
1: I think the Colts beat the Patriots too. I think that's a close game. I think it's like 12 to nine. I can't, I think it's like
3: 12 to nine, but Phillip rivers is not good,
2: but everybody knows he's not good. But that leads leads to, are the Patriots good? Are the Patriots a really bad
3: pick the week before that? All right, fine. Are the Patriots, you can't write off the Patriots. It's just going to, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. You can't, you're, you're gleefully celebrating their downfall. And, it's you too good it to Do you know right? how
1: good it felt to put the Patriots at 16 in the power rankings? Like I typed, it was like, this actually That's isn't hard. a terrible take.
3: And Dude, it, I, it was great. I think they're the 12th best team in the NFL still at least, but.
1: Whatever. I
2: agree. I, I, I agree with Dave. You think it's twelve? Yes.
1: All right. Listen, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't not do these with emotion. You know what I mean? Like I was typing. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is. All fun. right.
3: Who's next? Who's next?
1: Um. So Brown's 15 Colts, 14. Okay. Then to me. The surprise of the entire NFL so far, the Oakland Raiders. I have a thirteen. I've seen a lot of DK. I know. Listen, I know you hate it
2: for no reason, too. For no reason, I can see you squirming.
3: It's not for no reason. He's he's a pretty good coach. He's not. He's an idiot. He's he's a (laughs) stupid idiot. And it's gonna just because he won a few games at the start of a weird idiot-filled
2: NFL season doesn't mean that he brought means anything. He brought two teams to the exact same Super Bowl in one season. I mean that 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 Super Bowl was him. It was the Raiders versus true. the Bucks, and that it's was all Gruden.
1: And then he and then he mimicked the quarterback in practice.
2: <laughs> what a do you know how? A, you know how a, much what a John skill Green
3: stat. You know, it's I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills that how everybody likes this guy. It's just have, how can have you have not him like. Uh, I listened to him speak as a pundit for years and it was, it was like somebody was hitting me in the head with a two by four. Like I felt like brain cells coming out of my nose. He's better than Brian greasy. Oh yeah, for sure. Sure. I mean, that's not any standard, (laughs) but also it's like, he was yee-hawing his way to
2: all his NFL takes. (laughs) I just, fine. Give me, give me the top 10. I'm more interested.
1: All right. right, So uh, I have after this past, uh, so 11, I have the Cardinals. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I think I think the Cardinals are that next level below. I don't think they're ready for that top 10 yet. Um, but Cardinals are 11. Uh, 10 Rams. Uh, 9 Bills. 8 Bears. 7 Packers.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. 8th?
1: I have 8 Bears. And I think, think that was generous. The Saints generous. are
3: better
2: than them?
1: I, no, I had the Saints at... Didn't there I say the do. Saints?
2: Yeah.
1: I said the Saints were at 13, didn't I? No. Or 12? The Saints are at 12.
3: Okay, I think we skipped that. Okay, that's fair, I guess. No, the Bears at eighth? No. Okay, let me hear the seven teams you think are better than the Chicago Bears. The Packers? No, they're literally behind us in that same division. <laughs> but when they play each other, do you, do you think? Yeah, we love beating the Packers. It doesn't matter how shitty our team is. We, we love beating them in, in the regular season. And like Aaron Rodgers is like basically done, I told you. Listen, it's I had whatever. Five not- the Packers next. What's number listen, six? Listen, 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 so I, I had a
1: tough time. I had a tough time putting the Bears ahead of
3: the Bills and the Rams. I know being it's honest. Sh- That's ridiculous. Yeah, They're come definitely on, better dude. than those teams. How can you? So, definitely what- better than the Rams. They're 100% better than the Rams. What? Wh- <laughs> plus, if they play the Bills, you want to talk about head to heads? Like, they we're perfectly matched up to play the Bills. Like, that's the exact team. The Bears are the last team the Bills want to play. I promise. So,
2: who are your seven teams that are better than the Bears, Bobby? Okay, so the Packers, yeah, the Buccaneers. We beat the Buccaneers. This is so aggravating. Okay, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Listen, but so what do you really think the Bears are a top five team in the NFL right now?
3: They beat, we're talking about current power rankings. They beat the Buccaneers. How can the Buccaneers be better than them?
1: Because the Buccaneers, listen, if we're going off last week alone, the Buccaneers just blew out the Packers. And I think that Bears loss is going to be the catalyst for the Buccaneers moving forward. The Buccaneers had 13 penalties against the Bears. That's against the Packers. The against the Packers. That's because that's they're, right? they're just not. But you then gotta, against you get the get Packers, together. they had zero. They had not one penalty that entire the game. the
3: Packers didn't know how to get in their head, bro.
1: That's not. It's No it was like faster. listen bruce arians this is my fucking team i'm taking this team over and that's why i think the where do you get these areas-
3: narratives from it's like it's, it's, you're so 100 sure this is what happened like you were there i was there dude me and bruce <laughs> are boys all right but then so titans five then the titans s- are not better than the bears yeah, yes they, they are yes they're not yes they are not, yeah, yes, that, they it, are that, not.
1: This Titans, I, the Titans. I would argue that are, are not, the, they
3: are the flavor of the week, my friends. They are no, the they flavor know. of so the, they've week. Been
1: the what? So they've been the flavor of the week since last year in the playoffs? Oh,
3: you know who's the best coach ever? Mike Vrabel. Blah, I, don't, blah, blah. I don't even think it's Vrabel. <laughs> oh, <look, laughs> he, but but, he's, but he's a good coach, but he's got a stupid face. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, come on. Get so, out of here with that. They got Derrick Henry, who you said yourself out of your lying mouth, that could not win them a Super Bowl. So, like, get out of here with that. Fine, fine. Titans, I'll accept Go ahead.
2: I mean, as long as we're using I love words, I love on, as long as we're using words against each other, you did uh, yourself, Dave, say that the Bears are a soft five and one. You did.
3: I get to say that. You guys wow. don't get to say that. <laughs> I get to make fun of them <laughs> when you guys start going at them. I have to defend them.
1: And here, in here, I got shit for putting emotion into my power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so then my top five Titans. I have the Steelers at four. I I I could
3: flatly disagree with that.
1: I love the Steelers, but I don't think that they have done enough to put them ahead of the next three teams. And those are the teams that I think have separated themselves above the rest. I have Ravens three, Seahawks two, Chiefs one. And and so let me before you go. Reason I think those three: the Ravens literally have not lost a regular season game to anyone except for the Chiefs since last year. And if you're talking about who I loss was counts for two, that was a bad one. Did you see it? Cause it they was, got
3: spanked,
1: but it was a loss to the defending champs who have who shown don't
3: look that good this year. Yes.
1: But now I think showing you can win ugly is a more of a positive than it is a negative.
3: Oh, well, if that moves you up the list then the Chicago bears should be higher than they are. Because they're we we're the ugliest winning team in the NFL. So, right so
2: now. you think, I but mean, you need it, to
3: win but, pretty sometimes. If, <laughs> you know, once in a while, you got. Isn't win. It <laughs> Isn't
2: it plausible that, that that the Chiefs could just as easily be three and three as they are five and one right now?
3: Agreed, hundred percent. But they're not.
2: Agreed. It, it,
3: those games have been close. You know, it looks like real winners though, as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're number one. Like th- that five and zero oh is a strong. That that that's strong record. You know, and I know it's weird because they like missed that week and everything's strange now, but like. Come on, they're good. The, Juju Smith-Schuster is like their lowest performing wide receiver right now. Ben's having a great season. James Conner is looking good. That defense is absolutely elite. You knew they were going to be kind of good too because like they kind of put it together. I know they were eight and eight or seven and nine or whatever last year. Because, but Ben went down, and that defense still won them a bunch of games. I, like the best defense in the NFL right now belongs to the
2: Pittsburgh Steelers, which makes them the number one team. I think. So go ahead and pitch me both. That you you each have thirty seconds. Pitch me your number one team. I just did. I just 100 did. It's Bobby's turn. Bobby, wait. I had a response to that, though. Um, I just think it's the
1: Chiefs. Um, I think until something tells me differently, this team is the favorite to win the Super Bowl going forward. They've shown wow, they can win. What an exciting
3: in. take, Bobby. You're no, like,
1: no wow, but they, they, they've they've shown time and time again that they can win in so many different fashions. The New so York Yankees are fashions. the best team. Listen, in will baseball. you let me give my take? I got 30 <laughs> seconds. I can't. I can't win a take if I don't get to give it. Um, but no, like when it comes down to it they they win games, you know what I mean? They win ugly, they win pretty, they come back they they blow people out. They have shown that no matter what, they can win in any circumstance. however, i do I don't hate the Steelers as number one. i honestly if i'm being fair i I don't even give a shit if I win to be honest That's um being fair, listen, being fair, I had the Steelers won. But then I sat here and I looked at this and I was like, those three teams at the top, I I don't I can't put them ahead of the Chiefs because the Chiefs are those Super Bowl champions with Patrick Mahomes. So I just feel like that's that's
3: something in their back pocket. You can't put them ahead of the Seahawks. Well, we're talking that it's the power rank. It's the power rankings for this week. It's the power rankings for this week. It's it's not a prediction. You know, like I I, I think Devin Bush getting injured is going to knock him down the power power rankings anyway because. He's like one of their best linebackers, so and he's done for the season, I think. So, yep. you know, is that official? It's yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. Last that's I heard, a big but, and that's, that's you top. know that's big. But they still have yep. a dope, they still have a dope defense. You know what I mean? They still have make of his They still have that like seven of the nine Watt brothers or whatever it is they have. But it's you know I'm not saying they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm saying after this many weeks, they've looked the most convincing. You know what I mean? Compared yeah. like the Chiefs, yes, the Chiefs have won games. But they haven't looked as convincing as they did even themselves last year. And they to me, they haven't looked as convincing as the Steelers.
1: Okay, so how about this? Either way, I'm okay with them being 1-2 either direction. Because I think those are the two best teams.
3: Yep. Wow. Right, so, yeah, Bobby. Amicable. I- I'm not okay with that. So I should win. I want the Steelers to be number yeah. one. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> I think I agree with with probably 28 out of your 32 picks number one was not it. The Steelers are the best team in the NFL as hmm. of seven, so that one's going to be to DK. You still have a, You still have a shot to win something though, Bobby, because <clears throat> now it is this week's Forrest Gump Award.
1: Gump! Oh, what's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell my drill sergeant? God damn it, Gump! You're a goddamn genius. That's the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of
0: 160. You are goddamn gifted, Private Gump.
2: So we all know that we all know the story here, Bob Kelly. Give me your nomination for this week's Forrest Gump Award.
1: Uh, so my nominee this week is none other than the breakout player from Week Six, and that is DeAndre Swift. Uh, the reason for this is no one saw it coming. Everyone thought he was the bust of the first of the draft so far, uh, and then all of a sudden he comes out, scores two touchdowns for the Detroit Lions, 127 yards. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Forrest Gump winner, Week Six.
2: Strong argument. DK, take it away.
3: Uh, I'm going to give it to Baker Mayfield. Um, you know he has a University of Oklahoma education. He's got these great endorsement deals with some cell phone company where he pretends to live at a stadium. Um, you know, he's a, the supposed to be the leader of um, a, a beloved Cleveland sports franchise, and uh, he went out there and he made everybody look stupid. You know, he's he's supposed to be a smart guy, and the the smart guy knows that you can't be. Uh, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns or any Midwest team, really, and go out there and get embarrassed like that by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, that kind of spanking is completely unacceptable. And Baker should be ho- holding himself to a higher standard. Um, smartest dumb guy of the week, Baker Mayfield.
2: All right, convincing argument. So, drum roll, please. The winner of this week's Forrest Gump Award is. TK sizzle, Dave. Clark. I
3: won one. Yes, uh, that was yes. that was
2: a fix. The fix was in.
3: The fix was in, dude. I haven't won a Forrest Gump ever.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a pretty compelling argument, oh. and I do love an underdog. So that brings us to. You know, <laughs> have a speech
3: prepared? No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah, well, we don't we don't really have time for it anyway. So that brings us <laughs> to uh, the final word, Bobby. Because you lost, I will let you go first. What were your like? What's your final word? Your takeaways from this week?
1: Um, fire Mike Nolan. That's all I got to say is 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 please have some mercy. Oh my goddamn soul. I'm so I'm so done with every single year I being the same cowboy season over and over again. I would have feel like I'm living in groundhogs day. Um just just get rid of Mike Nolan and and give me some mercy on this season, please. It's depressing, I know. I'm sorry. Sizzle.
3: Geez, somebody put this poor bastard out of his misery. Um <laughs> oftentimes on this show uh, I I decide to change my mind and, and my emotions about stuff while it's happening. And I just like to thank you guys this week for really getting me fired up about the Chicago bears. I came in a little reticent, a little timid, if you will, like, come on guys. I know it's a soft five and one, but then once you started to tell me that teams uh, you know, like the Tennessee Titans were better than them, I realized now it's, it's, it's bear down. I'm all in. Um, you can't uh, you can't take it away from me, this five and one. And I think, the, all you got to do is win games. It doesn't matter what it looks like. And I don't need to take the Bears games to the prom, but she'll do. So keep winning, Bears. Keep winning. I'm glad we could do that for you.
1: Yeah. I feel honored. Thank you. you know, I'm really Thank
2: happy you. to be here for you. Uh, okay. I, my final word is, you know, two and three New England Patriots. Don't. There's no need to sound the alarms yet. The AFC East, I promise you, will still show up to be the AFC East uh, in November and December. You do still have Bill Belichick. I think you are still going to make the playoffs, so th- there's no reason to worry. So for the real BK, Bob Kelly, yes, DK? Says Craig, Craig,
3: save that clip so we can play it juxtaposed by yeah, like, crying into the there. microphone <laughs> in like six weeks. <laughs>
1: the two and seven new england patriots
2: (laughs) don't panic that will (laughs) never happen so for the real bk bob kelly dk sizzle dave clark i am michael Marcangelo. saying thank you for listening to episode 12 of the snsw podcast bye